Hello there and welcome to a Thursday edition of College Football Live. I'm Wendy Nix with Harry Lyles Jr. The American Athletic Conference held its media day today as talking season continues and all eyes were on last year's darling team. Who else? But the Cincinnati Bearcats. Cincinnati had a year to remember in 2021. The biggest win in South Bend against number nine Notre Dame, making that the program's first ever top 10 road win. The Bearcats reached as high as number two in the AP poll and notched a program record 13 wins. This was on the way to earning the four seed in the college football playoff. And that made Cincinnati the first group of five team to ever make the playoff. But its undefeated season came to an end in the semifinal, the 27-6 loss to Alabama. Here's the head coach, Luke Fickle, at AAC Media Day today. We haven't had a true quarterback battle in quite a while here. You know, we've been very fortunate to have the Desmond Ritter of the world that, you know, pretty much started for four years. Um, so it's been, you know, kind of different going into fall camp where you could have a focus on a lot of different things. But knowing that we've got uh, five returning starters up front on the offensive line and, and a defensive line that's going to, you know, kind of be the anchors to what it is that we do. With exception to a couple positions, I think we've got a lot more maturity than people would know. I think our leadership is more mature um, than maybe it even has been with, you know, with Desmond and Kobe because our guys have come from different places and, and earned things in a different way. Houston tops the American Athletic Conference preseason poll over Cincinnati. The Bearcats did, however, receive more first-place votes than did the Cougars with 10. The two teams not scheduled to meet this season but could face off in the conference championship game. Trevor Maddich joins us now as well. But, Harry, I'll start with you and talk about the reasonable expectations. I know everybody would love to see a follow-up performance, but what should we think is to come from the Bearcats? Well, I think the Bearcats have a chance to make another run at the ACC championship and another run at the playoff if they can beat Arkansas and if two positions are able to step up. They lost nine players to the NFL draft. But if quarterback can step up and that competition can replace the experience of four-year starter Desmond Ritter with a lot of young talent, that's one of the places. The other place is secondary. Cincinnati lost two shutdown corners to the NFL and an impact safety, Brian Cook. And they've got to have that young secondary step up. Everything else is solid. Everything else is poised for another outstanding year. Yeah, I feel like Cincinnati is in an interesting spot here because obviously there should be some expectations just because this is what Luke Fickle has built at Cincinnati. They are a G5 program that I think you can give a little bit of more respectability to just because of the continuity and what they've been able to do. Now, obviously, when you lose nine guys to the NFL, that's a big deal even if you're a Power 5 program. And for this program, they've lost 13 in the last two years. But one thing that Luke Fickle mentioned today that he felt really good about was they have offensive line stability. They're bringing back five starters. And so when you combine that with the fact that you have a bunch of competition at all the other positions on the football field, this is a team that feels like they have something to prove, right? That they can do this again, that they can be one of the elite teams in college football, especially as they make this transition over towards the Big 12. And so to me, I think Cincinnati, given what they did last year going into this year, is in as good a spot as they could possibly be in. You know, as much as we appreciate what the Bearcats did last season, you know they want no part of being a one-hit wonder. That's not what Luke Fickle is about. And I think you're right. The expectations for their 
for their own team are high. The Pac-12 will continue talking season tomorrow. That's when it holds media days. Of course, there are some changes to come in that conference as well. Lincoln Riley and Dan Lanning among the notable new head coaches in this conference. Utah will look to repeat as conference champs this season after winning its first Pac-12 title a year ago. And a big talking point at tomorrow's media day, no doubt, will certainly be USC and UCLA's decision to join the Big Ten by 2024. ESPN senior college football writer Adam Rittenberg joins us now, and we know those two teams will leave. Adam, we also know for right now they have to stay put. Uh, But forget about the no love loss, because I'm sure that's the case. What does the conference as a whole need to be thinking about knowing what's in store in the future? Yeah, Wendy, it's a critical for Pac-12 Commissioner George Klyovkov to project a, a air of confidence about the future. Where is the league going? They've opened up their media negotiations in this 30-day window about half a year early after UCLA and U, U, USC left for the Big Ten. So he has to show schools like Oregon, Washington, perhaps Stanford, that might be coveted by the Big Ten, why they should stay in the Pac-12. George Klyovkov told me back in May that he was excited about the media rights deal, excited about the idea of maximizing what he felt were undervalued media rights in college athletics. He was actually rooting for the Big Ten to to have a bigger television deal. Unfortunately, the Big Ten is going to put out a a massive media rights uh, deal here in the next few weeks, and it'll have two of the Pac-12 schools in it. So his job is to convince schools like Oregon and Washington that the best course of action is to remain in the Pac-12 with a creative and bold media rights deal after the Big Ten finalizes its package here, most likely by the middle of August. It's such an interesting phenomenon. It's sort of like being married. You still have to court your husband or wife, you know? You got to keep them happy. You got to keep them around. Not necessarily the worst thing in the world. Uh, Adam, thank you. Uh, as we bring back in Trevor and Harry, and Trevor, there's little question that these coaches and players that are staying uh, or, or going will be asked about this transition tomorrow. What do you want to hear? You know what, Wendy, I expect that all of the remaining 10 will play great lip service to their fealty to remaining in the Pac-12. And none of the other teams will believe a word that the other Pac-12 teams say. Because right now, with Texas and Oklahoma bolting off to the SEC from last year, this year, USC and UCLA, completely unexpected, I don't think anybody believes what anybody says. And I think the Pac-12 right now is in a position where it's every man for himself, where you've got to take the best opportunity that appears the soonest, and whether that means remain in the Pac-12 or go to the Big 12 or the the Big 10, I think you've got teams behind the scenes while pledging fealty to the Pac-12 are thinking, if I get an opportunity, I got to go. And all the rest of the teams have got to be thinking the same thing. I don't think there can possibly be trust right now. Yeah, Trevor, I'm with you. I, I think the big thing for me is let's hear some trash talk. You still have these two teams in your conference for this year, plus two more probably, and they're not going anywhere. You still have to play the games. You're still going to run into them like it at a media day setting. And to me, one of the reasons that we all love college football, right, is the tradition, is the rivalry, is the regionality of these conferences, which is why I think a lot of us don't want to see this happen. But it is happening, and I think a lot of us are obviously going to miss, you know, Pac-12 after dark games and things like that. But 
they are still games on your schedule. I want to see these teams take that pride and put it out there. Talk some smack, back it up out on the field. And if the Pac-12 is going to be gone at some point, which it looks like it might be, why not go out with a bang? Let's talk some trash. Let's play some hard-nosed football. Listen, Harry Lyle's stirring the pot. Go big or go home. I like it. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, Harry. I can, I can deal. If they talk I, I got to tell you, though, guys. absolutely thrilled, but it won't happen, Harry. It won't happen. You never know, Trevor. One team uh, that could, I, I guess, they've certainly had some notable additions, and that's the USC Trojans. So much change. Obviously, head coach Lincoln Riley brought Caleb Williams and Mario Williams with him from Oklahoma, and Jordan Addison joins USC from Pitt after winning the 2021 Bolitnikoff Award as the nation's top receiver. All right, when you look at it like that, Harry, I guess I get it to a point, but I... I am perplexed a little bit at this sort of USC's the winner in the clubhouse for a national title because of Lincoln Riley and because of all this. I mean, they still have to assimilate and come together as a team. Are your expectations for this team as high as some I've heard? You know, I've tried to talk myself out of it, but I'm sorry. I just, I'm buying into it. Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison, and Travis Dye. I just, I believe in this. And look, honestly, to like my point with this is, Lincoln Riley is the reason that we've all believed that USC is back, right? That we believe USC is going to be the USC of like the Pete Carroll era, right? Where you got celebrities showing up to the game, you've got quick, fast, hard football, and we believe that's going to be the case. And part of that is because of the facelift that he's given his team through the transfer portal. Now, I do think that some people are kind of just glossing over Oregon a little bit too quickly, and I think that we're going to see how good of a coach Dan Lanning is. But I don't think that you could look at that talent and look at Lincoln Riley and just kind of look at this team and uh, like not help but have high expectations of them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know what, Harry? If Snoop Dogg can rush the passer, I'm on board with all that. But from this year's standpoint, there's really two things that have to happen in order for USC to be able to make that splash. The first is the defense has to actually play defense, hence Snoop Dogg. Give him a tryout. I mean, last year they couldn't stop the run. They couldn't stop the pass. They couldn't rush the passer. Other than that, they weren't very good. Now, they do have some good players there and some good players transferring in. So we'll see if there's improvement there. The other thing, though, is quarterback Caleb Williams. Which Caleb will they get? If Caleb Williams runs around thinking he is the the player that lit up Texas and he's the next Hollywood star, and man, is he great, USC will be in trouble. Williams has to have some professional humility and really bear down on improving the craft of quarterbacking because he had some spectacular games with Oklahoma last year, but the last three games of the regular season, he struggled mightily. Which Caleb Williams might be what determines how high USC can rise this year? College kids are certainly known for their professional humility, and teenagers in general, Trevor, so that should be no issue at all. all right, who, Trev, Trev, who wins the Pac-12? I think Oregon wins the Pac-12. I think you can make a good case for USC, like you said, Harry, you can make a good case for Utah. But Oregon is their year. They are as strong a team on both sides of the line of scrimmage 
as you'll find in college football. They've got a lot of young, outstanding playmakers at running back and at wide receiver. And the defense has maybe the best pair of linebackers in all of college football, Noah Sewell and Justin Flo. It'll come down to the quarterback position. We think it's going to be Bo Nix. It, it may not. He's under competition from a couple of young guys. But if the quarterback position can step up, this Oregon team is a bigger threat to Georgia than a lot of those Georgia football players really realize right now. You know, I think that is the smart pick, Trevor, uh, but I am going to go with USC. I'm going to lean into the fun. Look, I, I think that with Oregon, the quarterback position is a big question mark for me, but everything they've else got going around that looks good. I'm going with USC, though. I really think people are going to see just how good Jordan Addison is. I don't think a lot of people had a very good grasp on that last year. I think Caleb Williams and this balanced offense is going to really bring out the best in him. One thing that I still think is really important with this USC team, they're not playing a rigorous schedule. They don't even have Oregon and Washington during the regular season. So even, Wendy, to your point about this team meshing, I think that they're going to have time to be able to do that. And I think because of that, they could be there at the end of the year as long as Lincoln Riley and company take care of business. Well, I tell you what, when you look at that schedule, it could be worse. There's no question about that. Uh, speaking of Lincoln Riley, tomorrow, again, Pac-12 will hold its media days on the West Coast. College Football Live will be there as well in Los Angeles. USC's Lincoln Riley, the aforementioned Dan Lanning, and Utah's Kyle Whittingham will join College Football Live from our studios in L.A. That's tomorrow at 5 Eastern on ESPN. Still to come, though, on College Football Live today, will there be any extra juice to one of the biggest rivalries in college football this year? Maybe so after Big Blue snapped a losing streak to the Buckeyes last year. And look who it is. One of the most hilarious and amazing uniform reveal slash hangover spoof videos we've seen. Isaiah Foskey, a store, joins the show. Welcome back to College Football Live. You might have seen this yesterday. Notre Dame posted a video inspired by The Hangover unveiling their special Shamrock Series uniforms for their game on October 8th against BYU in Las Vegas, no less. The video featuring new head coach Marcus Freeman, tight end Michael Meyer, and defensive lineman Isaiah Foskey. And look who it is, Isaiah Foskey joining us now. And Isaiah, absolutely love this video. What, what was it like going to Las Vegas and filming it? Oh, it was a crazy experience. I knew we were going to do the Hangover parody, and I was just, it was just a great opportunity for me to be a part of it, and it just came out really well. Well, and you told me what, when I said how much I liked it. You said, yeah, well, I, I took some acting classes, which is crazy. Did you really? Yeah, I, I took it like a part, pretty much a year ago with uh, Sir Anton, and we just did a little acting class for a semester, and I guess it worked out for this a little bit. I guess we're going to give you an A, okay? I don't care what you got in the class. You get an A now. <laughs> and one of the co-stars, yeah, you're welcome. I, I'm a good grader. Listen, one of the co-stars in this video is your head coach, Marcus Freeman. What has been the biggest difference, Isaiah, since Coach Freeman took over this program? Coach Freeman just brought to me a lot more energy towards the program. You can see with the, with the new uh, Shamrock series with, and revealing it and with the recruiting that he's bringing the new players in, he just brings a lot more energy, a lot more family-oriented. He's just always around the players. It's just great to see him. He's, he hasn't changed much from defensive coordinator aspect to head coach. Everything about him is just great. 
you know, speaking of energy, I, I would think it takes some to force six fumbles tied for the most in the FBS, which is what you did last year. Uh, take me through the process. What does it take to force those fumbles? Uh, first off, most of my fumbles came from getting to the quarterback. So you got to start off by getting to the quarterback. Once I got there, I always see opportunity to get the ball out from the quarterback. I see it's just an easy opportunity, so I just take it. So you're on the watch list for this season's Bronco Nagurski Award, the top defensive player in the country. Uh, and, of course, that's preseason. What would that mean to you, or what do you have to do to be on that list when the dust settles after the season? Pretty much do more than I did last year, get more sacks, get more tackle for losses, a lot more run stoppage, and hopefully a lot more fumbles. But just keep doing what I'm doing from last year, just keep improving. Uh, also on that list, Brandon Joseph, a teammate of yours who transferred yeah. in from Northwestern. North uh, what kind of energy has he brought to the program? Uh, he brings a lot of energy. He trash talks all the time, so that just hypes up the whole entire defense. And it gives a little chip for our offense, our offense. So this works out great. But he's a great player. We already see him from practice. It's interesting to think about your, your season opener. It will be against Ohio State. So, listen, there's no, uh, no rest for the weary, so to speak. What's it like to have that much time to prepare for what should be a pretty pivotal matchup? No, it's great. You're just going to see the best from Ohio State and the best from Notre Dame. You have so much time to prep for each team. And just going to see the best for each, everybody on the field, from the quarterback to the tackles to the receivers, corners, the linebackers. You're going to see it from everybody. There's a photo we've seen, and we'll put it up, of you and your teammates pushing a sled with Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud's face on it. Tell me about that. Whose idea was this? Uh, that was a uh, head shrimp uh, conditioning coach, uh, Matt Bayless. He just put it up there. I didn't even mean to go in for that sled, but it just happened to work out that way, and it just blew up from there. Wait a minute. Uh, you're telling me that, that that's a total coincidence? It just happened to work out? Come on, Isaiah. You can't tell me that. That can't <laughs> it be might have been. No, it. Might have not been. Not, it might have been. It might have not been, but leave it up there in the air. That, that's right. That's right. I'm going to let you sit right there. We're going to go with might not have been. Uh, but listen, I also want to ask you about some interesting things you did in the offseason. I understand you went to Italy uh, participating in an immersion program, a design thinking study abroad program. Mm -hmm. uh, what was that like? Oh, that was really fun. Italy is just a great place to be. I went there with J.D. Bertrand, Riley Mills, just a whole bunch of other football players. It was just a great opportunity for us. But it was a lot of fun. I can really see myself. I tweeted this out, too. I can really see myself living in Italy in, like, Europe area. Yeah, you and me both. I think that's the understatement of the of the century. Italy is a great place to be. No kidding. What's the best thing you ate while you were in Italy? Oh, by far the pizza. The pizza is so much different than out here. It was just so much simpler, and it just, I don't know, it just melted. It melted in my mouth. All right, finish this sentence for me, and then I'll let you go. And, and I guess uh, I, I, I sort of want to take national championship off the table, but I won't. Uh, our season this year will be a success if. If what? If we just come together as a team and just not make mistakes. And that's not one word answer, but I feel like if we just don't beat ourselves, we beat a national championship, and that's what we're planning on doing. All right, Isaiah, uh, it was great to have you. We look forward to the, the sequel, if you will, uh, to, the, to the Hangover video because we, we enjoyed it. Wish you the best of luck for the season. Thank you. 
Notre Dame opens the season with a huge matchup at Ohio State. That's Saturday, September 3rd, 7.30 on ABC. College Game Day will also be live from Ohio State at 9 a.m. to get you ready for a monster opening Saturday of college football. Still ahead here on College Football Live, Michigan snapped an eight-game losing streak to Ohio State last year. Will that add any extra juice to the game in 2022? Turning our attention now to the Big Ten, who wrapped up media days yesterday. Last year in Ann Arbor, Michigan snapped an eight-game losing streak to their arch-rival Ohio State. And, of course, both Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day were asked about the rivalry and each other's team this week. And after the game against Ohio State, you said there are people standing on third base that think they hit a triple, but they didn't. Was that a reference to Ryan Day? Uh, I have no comment about that at this time. Three goals or beat the team up north, uh, win the Big Ten Championship, win the National Championship. That's that's the goal. Those three things didn't happen last year. It was a awakening moment for us. Just like awakening. I mean, we knew that. Like, anything can happen. It's football. You know what I mean? But at the same time, you got to work for that to not happen. Some things didn't go our way in, in the game, so it's okay. Uh, we just going to learn from that. You know what I mean? So, uh, but like, everybody gives us their best shot, and we're ready for that. Um, you know, the expectation is to win them all, and that's – I said that in my opening press conference uh, when I was named the head coach, and that's just the way it is. So, you know, maybe at some places 11-2 and with a Rose Bowl victory is a good year. It isn't at Ohio State. I have to think you're particularly pleased by this rhetoric, Harry, since you were talking about stirring the pot and trash-talking earlier. Uh, Is it fair to say, in your opinion, that there may be a little extra juice this time around? I mean, these two teams always do stuff, but now that finally Michigan won one and uh, we sort of start over again. Oh, absolutely, because this is one of a handful of rivalries in college football. Regardless of how good either team is, there's always plenty of juice. So the fact that Ohio State had won eight in a row in 15 out of 16 and then lost in the way that they did, not to mention the endless, endless amount of trash talk that did go on by the Michigan players after that game and some of the comments that Ohio State made as well, to me, this is going to be one of the better games that we've seen from this rivalry in many years, not even necessarily from an on-field perspective, but just because it's going to be so intense. Sometimes you got to act like you've been there before. Michigan, let it fly. Uh, Ohio State won't forget. Uh, We won't forget either because we're back tomorrow from L.A. See you then.